Hi, everybody, and welcome one more time to El Camino People, the podcast. As you know, I live in Pamplona, and I always said, you know, if you go through Pamplona and if you want to visit Pamplona with a local, please send me a message, and I will gladly show you around. And this is what happened with my friend Dan. Suddenly, you know, we started chatting on Instagram for a long time, and I arrived to Pamplona thinking that it was going to be a couple of friends, and suddenly it was like 15 pilgrims all going to Pamplona for tapas, pinchos, and it was amazing. You know, there's no better way to visit and discover a place than with a local. So please, if you happen to be close to Pamplona and arriving, let me know and I will gladly introduce you to my beautiful city. And here's Dan. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And yeah, thanks again for showing myself and my other fellow pilgrims around some amazing tapas, all those stories, that, uh, that little street and the saying behind why it was called what it was on to the monastery. It was yes, Salsi Puedes, yeah. Get yes. out if you can. Yeah. We'll keep it the secret. Yeah, yeah. But it, it is so fun. At the end, you know, that's one of the things that I know, you know, when you're a pilgrim, you're not going to get the whole blah, 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 historical. I'm like, you're really tired. You just want a little of information, the cool little places, and then go for a good drink and some tapas. Yeah. And, you know, in Pamplona, we have a lot of both. Yes, yeah. And some amazing dishes in that bar. And it was really, really popular. So, yeah, I don't, we probably would never would have found it without you. So thank you for sharing your local knowledge. Thank you for getting out of my chair and my room here and going out for drinks. You know, my friends are all getting bored and old. And so it's nice <laughs> to have pilgrims to show around and go for tapas. I think I surprised you with how many people. I said, I might be bringing a couple of people. Is that all right? Yeah. And then I turned out was with like so a whole army. I'm like, that looked totally, you know, like the group of, you know, uh, astronauts going into the Challenger, you know, all walking, you were all walking on a line and I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? The more, the better. Always. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. We did all appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, we always start with the same, the one minute questionnaire. So the whole okay. idea is just, you know, an icebreaker, one minute to answer as many questions as you can. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Let's go. When was your first Camino? Uh, 2016, Leon to Santiago. How many Caminos? Oh, gosh. Quite a few. <laughs> One city. Uh, Logroño. One meal. Uh, I'd just say selection of pinchos. Happy moment. Um, walking in nature with Camino family. One color the red of the sky on the morning canteen or camelback a canteen long or short pants short fisterra or mushia i've never been to mushia so it has to be fisterra coffee with milk or solo i don't drink coffee so neither omelette with or without onions without uh, I'm sorry, we are finishing this interview right now. No coffee, no <laughs> onions. You are a disgrace for the pilgrim family. Really? Ben, yeah, I, don't, I but, don't really drink it. Or yeah, you are so brave. You just tea? Just tea or, yeah, just uh, a water. Or beer. Or, but yeah, beer. maybe not at nine o'clock in the morning, but... Yeah, uh, who knows? In the Camino, never know. And uh, sorry by my camera, we'll be doing glitching and coming back and forth, but, you know, we will keep it. I, Black Friday is coming, so if anyone wants to support me with a new camera, please feel free. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, never been to Mushia? No, I, I had the chance to get the bus there, but I just thought I want to walk there. 
Um, mm -hmm. So I've saved that. I think maybe what I would do next year is maybe just do a quick week and fly over to Santiago and, and walk all the way there. I just I didn't want to get the bus and, and cheat. So yeah, I've not, I've not been yet. I have another Camino for you, the Camino dos Faros. It goes from Malpica all the way along the coast and finishes in Fisterra. Beautiful and cool. I haven't done it yet, okay. but it's on my next. It's not a Camino Santiago, but it's uh, it's also run by locals. They they created yeah. it. So it was an old Camino that they've been keeping care and beautiful. And if you like hiking on the coast, it doesn't have albergues. It's mostly bed and breakfast or hotels, but quite an experience for people that are looking for more hiking, more scenery and beautiful beautiful camino that goes all along the coast in galicia yeah let me know about that i you know you've, you've mentioned a couple of routes when we had our pre-interview chat i'd yeah, yeah I'm i gonna think we'll have to do details too many too many to walk <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh one of the questions that surprised me the most is how and and when people find out of the camino santiago you know i live in pamplona the camino has been on my nose all my life and oh. it took me more than 30 years to walk it what but from you, when did you find out about the Camino de Santiago? Gosh, I think it was probably around 2016. I was looking for a different type of trip. I really wanted to maybe get back to nature, you know, get hiking. And I'd watched a film called Wild with Reese Witherspoon, which is a true story of a woman who kind of walked mm -hmm. a long trail in America. And I looked at that and I thought, I'd love to do that. And then I looked into the the kind of the specifics of it and I thought that's too expensive I can't get there so I need something a bit nearer closer to home I think it was my mum she mentioned you know the Camino but I didn't know what it was and I found a cycling holiday and I looked into it and I thought I'm not really into cycling I don't really want to do that but it stayed in my mind and then I was um, at work with a friend one Friday we're in the pub after work and I just mentioned it and I said oh there's this Camino and he's, his eyes lit up and said I've always wanted to do that and I said well I'd love to do it and we said well we don't really know each other but should we try it should we look into it should we do it so we just started talking about it we researched it and overly planned it and then we ended up uh, setting off together and walking like I say in 2016 from Leon to Santiago and when we were doing it we thought we'll get this done get our Compostela, tick it off, and then it'll be something else. But did it and thought, this is absolutely amazing. So for a couple of years, two, three years after that, we went back and did uh, Leon to Burgos. No, sorry, St. Jean to Burgos, St. Jean to Leon. And then eventually I um, managed to get the time off and the money to walk it all. And that's the, the story of my uh, Camino addiction. And, you know, a lot of people, when we talk about the Camino de Francesa, the Camino de Santiago, they will say the best way is to do the Camino by yourself. But in your case, you did, you ended up walking with a co-worker, with a friend. Yes. How was the, the experience of, you know, going to the Camino with someone? I think personally, where I was in my life at that time, I'd had some issues with anxiety and I probably wouldn't have felt strong enough or brave enough to do it on my own. He was very laid back, so laid back that, even the thought of booking a flight or a hotel was probably too much for him. So I think we complemented each other very well. I think, yeah, you get a true Camino experience doing it on your own. But for me, being able to go with someone facilitated that and, and, and allowed me to get comfortable out there. So I think whatever, whatever gets you out there, really, if you want to go on your own, do it. It can be a bit scary. But for me, going with someone, it really worked. And we both really enjoyed it and 
the thing with the Camino is even though you go with someone, you're not always with them. You walk at different mm. paces, you connect with someone, they connect with someone else, and you just say, I'll meet you in a few hours in, in, in whatever town you're walking to. So you're not living in each other's pockets. I don't agree. And were you one of those couples that prepare everything or you were ready just for the Camino? Were you the planner and he just following your lead or? Yeah. I mean, I'm a bit embarrassed with the, I think I planned down to, you know, the, the minutest detail and it became so rigid. Whereas my mate was just, I mean, he, he would have let the wind blow him and wherever he kind of ended up, he would have been fine. But I think, yeah, I mean, because I've had the, the opportunity to do a few Caminos, I've worked out what the, you know, what works for me. And for me, it's a hybrid, you know, you can plan a few places. Like when I met you and you recommended, um, mm -hmm. church, Albergue and Granion, if you pick certain places that, you know, you'd really want to stay and then you leave the rest up to chance. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. You know, sometimes the Camino, a lot of people, they, they try to, to create this, you know, there's only one Camino, you have to do it all, you know, just carry your backpack with everything, whatever. I'm like, mm -hmm. for some people, that's too much. I'm like, really, I met a lot of pilgrims that they need the planning at least two, three days to be relaxed and to be able to, to relax and walk because really the, and what we've seen lately is these late years that sometimes you know, just the thought of arriving to a place and not having a place to stay for a lot of people, that's just unbearable. Yeah, I understand that anxiety. And when you've never done the Camino, the Camino does seem very big and a bit scary. And you don't understand that the infrastructure is there for people just to, to walk into town. So I think whenever I speak to people who want to do the Camino or who are embarking on their first journey, it's, it's like, well, do what feels right for you. Do what makes you feel comfortable, but also mm -hmm. try and put in some room for you to let go. So if you're using, if you're booking, if say if you're using booking.com, allow, pay that extra pound or a couple of euros so you can cancel. Be able to cancel. Yeah. yeah. So then if you meet someone or you meet a group and they're moving on a town further, you can change your plans. So yeah, I completely understand people's need to, to have some safety and, and two or three days ahead booked. And how was the first Camino? I'm like, you arrived to, what, what time of the year was that? That was uh, September. Yeah, that in was, September. Yeah, but if I think back to that first Camino, it was everything that you could do wrong, we did wrong. I've got a, oh. an old photograph of my backpack. It was so full. I think I even had an, an iPad. I had two or three pairs of trainers. It was just every eventuality I had an outfit for it. And we walked, remember one day we walked into Astorga. It's about three, four o'clock. It, like it was like in the high 30s. We ran out of water, absolutely destroyed. So it was, it was a hell of a trip and really hard trip. But I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go back. I was like, okay, well, I've learned a lot from that. I've learned how not to do things. I've learned not to take ridiculous amounts of clothes and a heavy backpack. So yeah, it was a real learning experience. But just by talking to people, like you, you talk about, you know, people taking heavy backpacks and because we had the problems we just spoke to a, an american couple and she said oh yeah you can use this bag service and i was like what's that and she told me about that and i was like, oh okay well i've learned that and it was just such a an open friendly trip that i just thought i want to go back and i want to do it better and i want to do it in a less rigid structured way so every year i've gone back 
I've improved it and, and got better and, and got more comfortable with letting go. You know, that's one of the things that Lydia and, and as you know, I talk and, and, and you've probably been hiking all your life, the things that you remember the most, the things that you learn, and even if it's a tough time that you enjoy once you look back, are those times that you're like, oh my God, I was so stupid. I have so much <laughs> things in my backpack. I took this route and ended up lost for five hours. And that's what I think sometimes try now with the community. And maybe one of the ones that is promoting, you know, there's so much information that I think people go over prepare. They know what is to expect. They know what to carry. People have seen too many YouTube videos, blogs and whatever. Mm -hmm. I think the best way is just to do the Caminos and, and just make mistakes because I'm like, for me, it was the first, it's the same. Like in my Camino, I have my sleeping mat. I have a cooking stove that I carry all the <laughs> way from Shenzhen. Yeah. And I use it. Funny thing. I have like two spaghetti bags just in case. One, I used it in Ronthus Bayes because I didn't want to go to the restaurant. Stupid me. And then the last one, I used it in Finisterre because I was going to carry the whole Camino thing. So in Finisterre, yeah. I was with my cooking stove that I carry the whole Camino. But I learned. And, you know, as I said, and right now, a lot of people, they, they do the, they, they mistakenly call, you know, the, the Sarria Santiago, the, the last 100K. I call it the yeah. first 100K because 50 or 60% of those people will come back and say, you know, I want to do it different. I want to yeah. do it better. And as you were mentioning, you know, I first came in, I may use a, you know, a company that carry my backpack, but then you work with all these pilgrims and I said in many people, you know, next year's I want to carry my backpack because now I know that I can do it. But sometimes I think, you know, going to the Camino and doing mistakes like you guys did, is probably the best way of falling in love with the Camino. Yeah. And I think so many people make, I wouldn't even maybe use the mistakes. It's just yeah. there's only so much you can plan, you know, and you don't know. Lots of people, I would say, myself included, I don't walk 25, 30K a day. And, yes, you can practice. You can walk. Like for me, I used to practice on a Saturday and a Sunday, just getting a couple of days in. But until you do consecutive days of 25, 30K or a bit less if, if your health and fitness isn't there, you don't know how your body is going to react. So blisters, back pain, all these things that you know can happen, don't always happen. You can't prepare for that. So it's about, I suppose, just, I suppose, uh, to use an Oasis uh, album title or song title, it's just got to roll with it. You've just got to see what happens and, and, and be flexible and, and learn. Like you say, if, you, if you're taking a stove, you know for next time that I really don't need a stove and I... For me, I didn't need to take a bloody iPad. <laughs> but, uh, that's the, the, I don't know, it's, you know, probably that's the, the thing. And probably right now you remember a lot of things from your first Camino. That's from some of the others. You just remember a few things. So how was, you know, arriving to the middle of the Camino, September, a lot of pilgrims, you know, by the time you go there, a lot of the Camino families have already been created. And suddenly you are in the middle of something so new. But a lot of people, they've already been there for so too many weeks. So how was getting into that Camino vibe? For the, for the first one we did, we, we didn't really have any expectation on Camino families. I didn't know anything about that. Um, and we would meet groups and we would walk with groups. And I didn't feel that we were missing out. I, I felt it maybe a bit more when we got to Santiago because we were there and everyone was rejoicing and everyone was talking about their stories and myself and my friend Frank were like, wow, okay, we've, we've enjoyed walking with these people, but I feel that there's a really strong bond that maybe we've missed out on a bit. So maybe next time we need to start at the start with everybody and try and 
have a bit of that magic. And it wasn't until the year after in 2017 when we walked, then you understand it a bit more because you just walk with people, you talk with people and you don't necessarily kind of create this big group straight away and hold hands mm -hmm. and go everywhere together. But you just see the same people day after day after day. And it just those bonds form naturally. So that has what brought me back and, and made me want to one, do it all. And, and, and one, another thing was just to continue doing them. How was, you know, when you do half of the Camino, what's the, the expectations that you have of the, this Camino Santiago that you heard about? Was what you thought about it or was it different than what you thought, you know, before coming to Spain? In terms of what I expected, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I, I knew what to expect in terms of like planning and walking and all of the gear and things like that. But I didn't know about the spiritual. I didn't know about the friendships. I didn't know about how a certain type of person comes and walks on it. That for me, I didn't, I didn't really do research on that. And I'm quite glad that I didn't really, because that was a surprise. And that for me was the thing that gives me the most from the Camino, that connection. And, you know, it's not like say going to like a beach holiday, like a lot of Brits mm -hmm. do, and you'd maybe make friends with a couple next to you or something like that. This was really deep friendships and lots of people had real reasons for being there. You know, people were searching for answers. Some people were just wanted to get away from it all and there was a real deeper sense of connection with people and that that fed me and i i really enjoy that and you know that's why i i like to do a camino at least once a year because it it just gives you so much how was the arrival to santiago because that's one of the things you know that your first arrival to santiago is always kind of like different or at least you remember how was your first arrival to santiago first arrival gosh that was a some that was a long time ago um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we got there and the cathedral was covered in scaffolding, so it wasn't great for photographs. Um, I remember yeah, those years. <laughs> it was great. Um, I think having done, you know, walked into Santiago three or four times now, I now know kind of the significance. And I, I've walked in with people and I've walked in on my own and I know what, what you know, what does it for me. And so I think the first time was, was great. But I also, I was aware of how much I didn't know. I was like, oh, this is good. And, but they've walked in and they seem really close and that they're, they're crying, they're laughing. And I just felt that I was, I was learning so much and I was like, I want, I want more of this. So it was, it was a discovery really. And it was the, the, the starting of my passion for walking the Caminos. That was the moment that you thought about uh, coming back again and doing the Camino. When was that thought come out? So a lot of people, you know, by the time they are arriving to Santiago, they're already thinking about the next Camino. But some people, it's just after that, you know, feeling fades off, that we're like, okay, maybe I need a little more of this. <laughs> just one more hit. Um, I think for me, it was realizing that, because we, we'd walked with um, two girls from New Zealand, and they started at the start, and know listening to them and hearing them talk about it and just hearing them speak about going over the Pyrenees from St. John and I was like that sounds amazing and you know maybe we can do that and at the time I could only get like two weeks holiday so I thought well mm -hmm. let's go back and we'll do those you know from St. John to Burgos we'll, we'll, we'll make that happen so it was I'd say that 
that idea, that seed probably started to grow within the first few days of talking with people who'd walked further than us. And um, yeah, you start mentally planning in your head. And when you get to Santiago, it's like, well, yeah, I, I want, I want some more of this, you know, let's come back. And myself and my friend from work, I'd never traveled with him before. And it worked out really well. You know, we'd, we'd had our ups and downs with the trip and, you know, on our bodies and on our minds. And it was like, I, I want to, I want more of this. Let, let's, let's get planning and let's come back. So one of the questions that I ask everyone that goes on a long Camino is like, why change it, you know, in you on that Camino and with you, you know, a lot of, there's been a lot of research that for being a more deeper change in the Camino, you need more than two weeks. That's what, you know, with people, they did a study, but in your case, I'm like, something changed. What would, what would you think, you know, if you have to think now, what was the change in you that from I the think, beginning to the end? I think, I mean, I was going through like a tough time with myself and I, what, I could say the Camino gave to me, I could feel myself grow. I could feel myself become more confident in myself. Every year I went, I reminded myself how much I enjoyed meeting new people. And on the Camino, it's such a safe space for connecting with your fellow human beings and just enjoying hearing their stories. It, it was just, it's just such a positive place for, for personal growth. So, even though two weeks was a, you know, it was, very, I think we walked it all in 10 days, but oh. to go back, it's almost like in my mind, I can chart my growth through every year that I went back until I, mm -hmm. it, until I was able to take the whole time off and in 2019 and walk it all. And if I think about the person I was in 2016 to the person I was in 2019, I can look back and be really proud about how, you know, with the work I did, back home and the work I did on the Camino, how much I grew and how much more confident I became. So I think the, the Camino is a big part of that. It's amazing. And one of the things that, you know, a lot of people ask me when they don't, and that's also one of the big fights on the Camino. I'm like, oh, you are supposed to do 30s. And like, most people don't have 30 days on their lives. I'm yeah. like, that's quite a strange, you know, here in Spain, we're lucky that if you work with your boss or whatever, you can get a whole month off. But mm -hmm. most of the rest of the world, I'm like your whole holidays. If you live in the States, you have two weeks maximum and, and and you know it's really tough so in your case you did first the last part of the camino and then you came back and started in Shenzhen. how was the the, the starting in Shenzhen and the feeling of knowing that you know this year you weren't going to be able to finish the camino so that's also one of the things that you know it happened one of the members in my in my first camino she had to leave in leon and for her it was quite a, a break because she was you know not part of that camino so for you knowing how the end was and knowing that this time also you weren't going to be part of that end. How was the, the new Camino on the following year? The, the, the following year, that wasn't too, it, it was great to start in the start because you're around lots of other people in the same boat. There's that energy, there's that mm -hmm. friction of, there's a lot of nervous energy, a lot of people nervously smiling and laughing. You're all going to the same place. It was, it was really exciting. Uh, that issue that you spoke about, about leaving your Camino family and uh, for us it would have been Burgos that that was a, a night a celebratory night and it wasn't too tough it was I enjoyed it and we met um, an Irish guy called Paul and he arranged for all of us to go over and stay with him in Ireland so that kept the Camino dream alive the year after in 2018 myself and my friend Frank 
we went back and we walked from St. John to Lyon. That was possibly the toughest goodbye I'd ever had because we'd walked with a group of people from all over the world and they threw us a goodbye party. I literally felt like it was a breakup. I was so sad and I was on the WhatsApp group when I was back at work and I was seeing them continue to Santiago. And it just, it literally broke my heart. And I vowed to myself that, that at that time I said, I'm never going to break this again. I'm, I, don't, I, can't, I can't take it. This is so tough. So I went and spoke to my boss and said, next year I have to, I have to walk it all. I can't, I can't do this. I felt like a lovesick teenager seeing all of my friends carry on to Santiago. And, you know, I, I, I saw that experience this year when, you know, some people left halfway through and I understood what they were going through because I found it so tough. But what it did, it, it created a need for me to, to carry on and it gave me the courage to really push to be allowed to go. So... I would say to people that it can be tough when you say goodbye to people, but I think if you've only got two weeks, you can still have such an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Lots of people sometimes, like you say, they think, well, I can't do 30 days. There's no point doing it. And I would say to them that if you can only do a week, if you can only go and do two weeks, you still will get an amazing experience and you've just got got to go and you've got to try it. Well, what do you think is the best option for people that are thinking of, you know, breaking the community stages? You know, I met families here in Spain that they do it by weekends, a group of friends that they go by weeks. But in your case, you know, mostly when you're talking about international travelers, they have, you know, this two week, two week period. What do you think is better to start in St. Jean, finish in the middle and come back the following year and arrive to Santiago? Or do as you did, you know, first do the first, the last part and arrive to Santiago and then complete the next part? What do you think is the, the pros and cons on both? Well, I think I think there's there's lots of different factors in there. I think maybe your age and your fitness levels. So my mum did Saria to Santiago, and she got a lot out of that. Um, I think longer distances, or say if you were to hit Osobrero from Leon, that probably would have finished her off. So mm-hmm. it's I wouldn't recommend maybe doing that if your fitness levels aren't quite there. If you wanted a taste and you wanted to get your Compostela, then Leon to Santiago is good. I personally would, you know, suggest to start in St. John, but sometimes I could imagine people would, the fact that you can't just fly straight out from Burgos, Mm -hmm. so you'd have to get a bus to Madrid and then, you know, go home from there. So I think if your fitness level is there and you've got two weeks, I'd recommend starting in St. John to Burgos. Like I say, if you want a more complete journey. Continue the next year. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's two weeks St. John, two, three weeks Leon, or like I say, if you've only got a week to 10 days and you want a taste and maybe mm-hmm. you, your fitness isn't quite there, then, then maybe Saria. Saria, for me, I mean, everyone has their views on Saria. Saria's maybe, Saria to Santiago is very different from St. John to Burgos mm-hmm. in terms of just infrastructure and just the amount of pilgrims that are there it's it's so busy but i've seen the benefits that people can get from saria to santiago so i think there's merits for, for, for all of them really so true i agree yeah one of the things that i think a lot of people they don't they don't get and like there's a camino for everyone just look for your yeah. own but if you're thinking of doing the frances you know i think the best way as you say you know starting saint jean whatever you finish finish 
mm. keep your Compostel, uh, keep your credential because that will goes with you next year, and like you yeah. can continue with the same credential. And if you finish there, for there's not many people that knew this, that you can send picture of your credential and you will get a certificate of distance from Santiago. If you don't finish in Santiago, you can oh. get that from any Camino that you don't finish in Santiago. They can send you a, you know, a certificate of distance from point A to point B. So at least you have some kind of you know, certificate for keep for people that like these kind of things. And that's another big fight of the Camino, you know, the car, okay, the Compostela credential. Yeah. Some people love it. Some people don't like it. I'm like, for me, it's just amazing. That is something that, you know, people are willing to go for beyond their, their comfort zone. You know, your man walking hundred K and being in a different country. And like, that's amazing. That that's something to celebrate. So definitely. I remember the first time we ever did it, we were going stamp crazy. Just, Oh, I have my bar. first, like every bar. <laughs> I have even a gas station, yeah. but that's so cool because right now I can go through that. And I remember every little place. Yeah. Thanks to all those stamps. I'm like, when I, was in italy i'm like some of the places they didn't even you know they have a credential also for the via de yeah. francesco but some of the places they don't even know that that thing existed so some people were drawing me a picture or something i think that's kind of cool then you get you know your next i mean it's your just you know that usually the place you sleep or the church yeah. or whatever you know is more meaningful for you but i was the same just you know stamp hunting everywhere and then comparing <laughs> like which one do you have do you have this one yeah it's it's because you think there's that kind of myth, oh, you need two every day. And it's like, well, no, you don't. But, you know, I think we were getting three or four a day. And, and uh, it was just... And legally, you so need cool. supposedly two on the last 100K to avoid, you know, yeah. that's the kind of rule that they put to avoid the passes and whatever. But at the end, I don't know, my Camino was probably like, you like getting three or four some days, maybe one day, just one. Some of the days it will be, it will be like, yeah, just, yeah. it is fun. No, it's, it's it's a great little thing, and it's uh, you know it's it just adds another layer of um, fun to you know this. It's not just a simple walk. You've got to get your stamps, and it's just yeah. Also, uh, the the art of stamping. You know, when you see it when a, from a from outside perspective, it's so meaningful that you go to a local that is there and you give them him a paper to put the stamp. You have you know you need to talk to that person. You need to contact with that person, and I think that's the beauty of the stamps and how great because it allows you to connect with locals you know even the language even whatever just the smile to say hi it's i'm like that's why i think you know the more you get the more you get to experience local people and i don't know i think it's something that everybody should be getting as many stamps as they can definitely and it's, it's funny you say that i've just uh, uh, a story popped into my head we on our first camino we it was on i think it was near the last 100k and we went to this tiny little church and there was a blind man um, giving out stamps and just watching him feel our credential, getting the stamp and putting it down. And it was, we were lit by candlelight. It was just such an amazing experience and it stayed with me. And had we not been looking for stamps, we would never would have experienced that. So yeah, behind a lot of stamps, there's a, you know, an amazing, interesting story. Mm -hmm. And then the cool thing is when you go home, you can remember those stamps and then you can talk to your friends that are tired about you talking about the Camino de Santiago <laughs> yeah. one more time. Yeah, and he did actually put my stamp on upside down. So that was a, <laughs> another added layer to it. So then you go the Camino, you go your first half, then you go your middle half, then you go the mm. first half. And suddenly that day came off, the day that you were able to walk the whole Camino Frances yeah. all in one. How did it feel arriving back to St. John to walk something that you already have walked, but it was going to be different? It was exciting. I mean, I, I was walking it with my friend, Frank, again, but he could only do two weeks. So it was, it was 
I suppose bittersweet because he he wasn't able to do it. Um, mm-hmm. We got him with a group quite early on, a mixture of Americans, um, English, Spanish. It was amazing to, to to walk it and to do it and to finally like. It's almost like this has been years in the making that I'm finally here and I'm finally walking. Um, yeah, it was. I was just I was just really proud that I you know had the time and I had the strength both mentally and physically to to get there. I did have an issue um, probably halfway through on the way to Leon. I got injured. I got tendonitis and I thought my trip was over. Um, so it's like yeah. I've been I've been wanting to do this for so long and I was told to bed rest. I had my foot wrapped up from my ankle to my knee. I think I even had a bit of a cry. I thought I've I've got this time and, and now I might be going home. I was heartbroken. So I I rested and um, was very, very kindly, a, a French guy called Ferdinand gave me his walking poles. And I know we've spoken about walking poles and you've got your views on walking poles, but... For me, it's yeah. just, I never tried them, but I'm, I'm really thinking right now with my knees and, you know, the age, like you could, you start to feel in your knees and everything. Okay. So I may give them a try, but uh, so far, I, I like my half, my thumbs here, my backpack. This is my yeah. walking style, but I think that probably, you know, this year I will be looking in Black Friday for some walking poles. I will, you know, I think something, one of the things that once you're into hiking and backpacking, investing in really good gear is quite important. One of the great things, you know, for the Camino, like we can do another great day about gear, but yeah. in your first Camino, don't invest much money on gear. I'm like, you don't need it. I'm like for the Camino Frances, you know, just the basic and for 20 euros, you can get really great, great walking poles. But once you start hiking, you know, and you get the Camino bag in you, if you invest in quality gear, that's going to pay off for sure. But anyway, go back to your, and one of the things that I love, you know, you say the tendinitis and that's the pilgrim killer. There's two tendinitis, yeah. the fascia on the, the Vastia Plantar yeah. and the, the Achilles. Those ones are the two that, you know, so many pilgrims they get. And so what happened to you? What was the feeling? My, my ankle, my, the front of my ankle went bright red and it started to swell up. Um, I'd met some people along the way who said they could, every day I'd just be getting back and it would just be throbbing and it'd be really hot. And I, a couple of people said, oh yeah, I can, I can work, I can help that. And they'd massage it and it was absolute agony. And I think what probably made it worse on the walk from Atapuerca, no, it was actually Burgos, sorry, Atapuerca to Burgos, someone gave me a foot strap and oh. it was too tight and it, my ankle did not like it. And by the time I got to Burgos, my ankle was bright red, it was swollen and I couldn't walk, I couldn't move it. And I thought, okay, this, is, this isn't good. So I went to the local kind of medical center and... He said, you can't walk. He gave me some anti-inflammatories. And yeah, for three or four days after that, I was with my leg wrapped. I was having showers with a, a bin bag wrapped around my leg. And yeah, people look at you. Other pilgrims look at you, kind of a bit of sadness. And go, oh, gosh, your, your pilgrimage is over. <laughs> yeah. But what I did after that, I had, where did we stay? Cadeon de las Condes. I got mm-hmm. the bus there to catch up with uh, my friends. And there was a um, physio staying. We stayed in the the albergue with the singing nuns. Yeah, that's with the star I have. Oh, yes, yes, that's the one when you have, like, the communal dinner. Yeah. But there was a, a volunteer there who was a physio, and I spoke to him about my ankle, and he looked at it, and 
he gave me like a free session. He, I tried to give him some money and he refused it and he helped. And he said, look, this, this will help. It will get worse before it gets better. But mm-hmm. just every, every morning when you have breakfast, just put some ice on it. So I had my walking poles. And whenever I'd stop for like a, a drink and a, a Napolitana, I'd ask for a little plastic bag with some ice and I'd sit there and say within about four or five days, it went away and I was able to carry on. Still with the poles, but had I not stayed in that, the, the albergue with the singing nuns, I wouldn't have seen the physio and I probably would have had uh, real trouble getting to Santiago. Well, things when you start looking back to your Camino, you start thinking so many things that lead one to the other. That is like, you yeah. know, someone put all those things there for, for a reason. It's just quite interesting. But one of the things that a lot of people ask, you know, is the Camino de Santiago and getting insurance. You know, when you went to the doctor here in Spain, uh, were you able to get the treatment with no problem? How did you manage to get checked or was language a problem? Language, the 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 doctor he didn't speak English. My Spanish was and it wasn't and still isn't very good. But I had uh, what's called an E one eleven card, which is still valid even post Brexit. So they mm-hmm. took those details down. Um, I know that uh, the girls that we walked with in two thousand sixteen from New Zealand, they were eventually charged for their work they thought it was reciprocal between new zealand and spain but apparently it wasn't mm-hmm. so they they eventually got a bill in the post but no from england if you have um the e111 card i think it's changed now you just show that they write it down and and everything was was free it's amazing and even if it's not free you know compared to any other country spain is quite cheap so you will get a bill but nothing compared to any other you know america or yeah. anything like that as far as i know but yeah, they will treat you. A lot of people ask me, but will they treat me? I'm like, yes, they will treat you, you know, in AR hospitals or any public health system here in Spain, you will be treated. And usually they get, they take really good care of pilgrims because they are used to in these little villages. Yeah. So just as a local, you know, if you don't know the language, just ask someone to go with you, but uh, I seen it and it'll, it's always, and that's one of the great things of the Frances that you have that safety that yeah. anything happens to you. If you go to the Via de la Plata or the Camino, it's not going to be so easy to find a doctor, even though there's always one, you know, in one hour drive by car, but in the Camino Frances, you have almost every little bit has their own doctor over there. I would say as well, my experience uh, in Spain, the pharmacists, even in tiny villages, they're absolutely amazing. They almost, they're not far off a GP, they they are so knowledgeable and they're so helpful. Mm -hmm. And they can, and they can also give you, you know, some some treatment. And they will. So, as you were saying, you know, the other day I have a, a friend and a client, and he was asking me, "Do I need to go to the doctor?" I'm like, "No, no, just go to the pharmacy, and they will give you." It was something like you. He had a problem with his knee. I was like, "He will, you know, if you need a bracelet or you need pills or whatever, just talk to the pharmacist, and he will gladly help you." And pharmacies you have all over, and and as doctors, you know, they're really used to pilgrims and to their needs because usually it's the same for almost everyone. <laughs> yeah. Blisters as well. Some I've seen some horrendous blisters oh. on the, the Camino. People, ones that people ignore, and they just let them get really bad. And but that's the thing, you know. A lot, of, a lot of the pains in the Camino, it's great. And for me, I always have blisters, no matter what. My feet, my body is the way it works. But there's a thing that once you have some pain that doesn't go away for a couple of days, you know, like your like your ankle or, you know, some mm. if you have pain in the Achilles or if you have pain in your fascia, there's some things that there's a difference between a pain that is, you know, just a hiking pain and something that doesn't go away for three days, you better get checked. 
because there's some things that can carry on in your body forever. You know, I've seen people with tendinitis and that's, that's super tricky. If you get tendinitis in your Achilles or in your fascia, you can be screwed for a whole year. Mm. I think also even like hot spots, you know, that's your body's way of telling yep. giving you a warning that, you know, you don't do anything. There's a blister coming. So I always recommend to people that, you know, if you get those hot spots, just put a plaster, get some a leucoplast and, and cover that yep. just so it rubs that it's, it's your body's trying to tell you something. And the basic things, you know, stretch, just put some ice if you have something that is pain. And if it doesn't go away for two days, just get it checked. And usually there's always someone that knows a little bit more, of, as you were saying, you know, if there's no one in your community family that's doctor or something close to a doctor, mm -hmm. go to a pharmacy. If they don't know, go to the next, you know, hospital or place that will get you checked. Definitely. And, you know, if you're getting kind of sore ankles and, and legs, I always recommend, you know, if it's if it's the season, go in a river, you know, go in a cold oh, river. Oh, that's the best. That's just... yeah. Beer and river fix almost 50% <laughs> of pilgrim pains. <laughs> yeah. So you continue your, your suffering, your whole thing. And as you were saying, you, you know, you took a bus. A lot of people would say, oh, he's cheating. I'm like, uh, it's your Camino. You really woke. I'm like, and my Camino was about doing this. This happened. I took the time off, but I'm catching up with my friends. And yes. That's amazing. And, but a lot of people, you know, I have people that ask me, I'm like, I feel bad for doing this. I'm like, why? I understand it because you, I mean, I, this year I went back and I walked it all and that's what I wanted to do. But mm -hmm. I've, I've been in that position and, and I made that, I thought, well, I'm injured. What do I do? I, I miss my Camino family. And I wrestled with that decision about catching the bus. But with hindsight, looking back, I, I'm glad I did because these were the people that I'd started with and to walk into Santiago with them was really important for me. And I got stronger as I walked with them and I enjoyed that friendship. So you do see people like they refuse to get the bus. They refuse to send their bag on. And I, I understand it, but ultimately mm -hmm. it's, it's your journey. And if you really want to do your body in, then it's, I don't know, I just... If you need to get a bus for a day, if you need to send your bag on, there is no Camino police that are going to tell you off for that. It's by hook or by crook. If you've just got to get to your destination and if that requires you sending your bag on or getting a bus for a bit, no one's going to tell you off. It's just do what you got to do. Also, in your case, I'm like your Camino this time was about going with the same people doing the, that mm. Camino family trip. So if you lose your family, that was kind of like the whole thing. So something happened and you were able to manage and take care of your body. And then you get up with them. So probably the suffering of being a couple of days by yourself was more suffering than the whole walking. So <laughs> well, it's about wanting to share it. Like a, a Camino shared is kind of, well, some people love a solitary Camino. I love the Camino mm -hmm. for the connections and moments yeah. of um, solitude. So for me, I, I, I weighed the two up and I thought it's, it's, it's a bigger plus for me to reconnect with the people that I walked with. So mm -hmm. I made that decision and the bus helped me catch up with everyone. And how was finally that new um, arrival to Santiago with all your Camino family? It was amazing to walk in with everybody. We there was a guy there was a couple that we walked with chris and lauren and chris had let me know that he had a ring and he was going to propose in the square to his his wife to be so that was an amazing experience to, you know to have little glasses of uh, champagne passed out and her break down in tears while he got down on his knee it was yeah it was it was picture postcard uh, perfection and we had some other guys uh, andrew from america matter uh Matty, 
and some other people that had already got there a day ahead. So they came and met us. It was, it was just such a real amazing sense of community and um, just all of us partying that night together. It was, it just, it makes Santiago so special that you've got this town that you don't know, but yet you know so many people. You just go walking around the town and you bump into this person, that person. Mm -hmm. People are there before you. People are coming in a day after you. It's, yeah, it just, it makes the town so special. And did you stay just for a night and then keep walking to Fistero, or did you stay for a couple of nights? In 2019, I had a friend who was flying over to walk to Fistero with me. So I stayed in Santiago for about four or five days. And wow, it was, it that's was an amazing. amazing. I usually suggest for everyone to stay just for a couple, but being there for four days, that's, that's great that you get to celebrate everybody's homecoming for four nights in a row. Yeah, I mean, we met, we met lots of people that maybe had fallen behind. Um, mm -hmm. The one sadness was that we had to say goodbye to everybody who was pushing on to Fistera before yeah. us. But it was amazing to be in Santiago for so long. Myself and a, and a German pilgrim, Kai, we shared a room and were just going out meeting people. And then when my friend came, who was all very fresh-faced, and we went off to Finisterre again. And seeing his reaction to everything for the first time was... It was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And I would recommend if people do have the time to not rush off from Santiago, spend a few days there. Mm -hmm. There's always something going on. There's always a bar that's full of pilgrims or a restaurant that's full of pilgrims. And yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's a special place to be if you've, if you've walked there. And I also think, you know, for pilgrims that do the long distance pilgrimage, like getting a couple of days in Santiago to let everything set in, even before going home and also before going to Visterra, because sometimes people rush into Visterra, but you don't have that time that, you know, your pilgrimage finish here. And like, and then the thing to Visterra, you know, is the, the epilogue. And that, that's what I think it's great to difference because I think the come from Visterra, from Santiago to Visterra is that time that allows you to think about what happened in all those days yeah. prior to your Camino. Because you go, you break, is, the vibe is different, I don't know. Well, how was your feeling when you started walking to Visterra? Actually hearing you talk about it, I mean, seeing Visterra when you walk over that hill is beautiful, but I remember the first, I think because I, myself and Kai, I got out of the rhythm of walking and we were out late every night drinking and seeing everyone. I was aware of how tired my body was and it was almost like a, a phase of winding down and I, I found out I was a bit sad actually because I was thinking of all the amazing times all the amazing people that I'd seen and it was coming to a close so I, I it was a kind of a mixed bag really I enjoyed showing my my friend who was new to the Camino everything about the Camino and telling stories and staying in new places that first day I think was one of the best swimming spots where you get to that bridge it's probably about 20k yeah. or so in and there was a pop-up bar and over the other side of the stream was a roped bridge and it was possibly the best swimming we'd had on the camino and i just days like that are magical because I, i didn't know i didn't know to expect it so it was a mixed bag really of one of celebration one of sadness of saying goodbye to people and And also of, of new discoveries of swimming spots and new albergues and being by the ocean. It was, it was quite a lot to take in, really. After all of those Camino Frances, suddenly you decide to change and try a new Camino. Yes. Yeah, so in, in um, as in when I tried the Portuguese or the... the... Yeah, I'm like, how many? You did the Frances four times in total? 
So I, I did it, so what, 2016, 17, 18, and so I did bits of them. Then 2019, I walked it all. And then 2020, when are we in? 2022, I walked all of the Francaise. And then I had some time to kill before I was going into, flying into Europe. So I went to Porto and walked the central route. And then this year in September, I went back to Porto and walked to the coastal. So... Yeah, I've done the Frances a few times and the Portuguese twice now. And what will be your thoughts, people asking, you know, which Camino to choose? Why would, you know, if you will ask someone else, you know, which Camino should I walk now? Or would you recommend, you know, one or the other? Of the it depends what the, that you have walked? Was, again, it goes back to that little chat we had earlier about, you know, what's your age? What's your fitness level? Mm -hmm. What do you want to get out of it? Are you a social person? Are you a person who prefers nature? Do you like to be around a lot of people? Like some people, the thought of being on the Camino Francaise, that's surrounded by people probably isn't very appealing. I mm -hmm. don't mind that. So I don't know. I mean, for me, I was really quite happy. Like the last trip I did the coastal, I felt like I got such an amazing trip in two weeks that um, it didn't involve me breaking the trip halfway or starting mm -hmm. at the end. So that was a really great experience to be able to fly over to Porto and walk up to Santiago. That was a, a complete Camino. But if they've never walked one, for me, the real magic is the Francaise. And it's a great starting point. It's a great kind of, I suppose it's your entry drug. It's, it's what gets mm -hmm. you hooked to the Camino. And then that's the question on like how many Caminos now we were, you know, we we're talking on like, do you have any Caminos, the Santiago plan or anything that has been popping in your head lately? Well, when I was going the, the coastal route that I did, I, I had planned to do the Invierno, but I changed my plans at the end when I realized how solitary it was. And it wasn't something I was looking for at that time. So there's the Invierno to tick off. I'd love, really want to do the Primitivo, but I want to wait mm -hmm. for the weather to get better. Um, I'd love to do the Norte, but I'm not sure when I'd get the time to do that because I'd like to do that all in one. Um, and I'd love to go to Mushu as well. I'd love to walk there. Um, so there are a few. I think probably the Primitivo will be the first one I do, maybe in May next year. Um, and then maybe try and do some walks in some other countries. Someone mentioned the, is it the Annapurna circuit? I've, oh, Annapurna, that's, yeah, I, that's yeah. one. Also, you know, for me, I've been backpacking most of my life and I feel right now that I also need a, like a, a more backpacking trip, you know, mm. the Camino is different, it's a pilgrimage and there's differences uh, quite. I'm like, I need something, you know, more mountain, more carrying my gear. And I'm also looking at the Annapurna or Nepal, you know, some hiking in Nepal or whatever, but that's the problem when you have all these Caminos I'm like what should I do now I always wanted to be a hospitalero so should I go be a hospitalero on the Camino Santiago should I walk the Camino Santiago or should I go to any other country and do one of those amazing hikes over there yeah I think for me I think what I would love to be able to do whether or not you know employers or life allows me to is to go and do a bigger trip to, to do an Annapurna to do you know go off you know to the other side of the world but also have a week or two just to pop over and just do a, a little Camino because it's just that shot in the arm. It just gives you that, I don't know, it just, it gives me so much. So I'd love to always have the ability to do one Camino a year, but then also the, the time and the funds to be able to do a bigger backpacking trip. 
That's the thing. I think, you know, once you are on the point like you and I, you know, we really walked many Caminos, arrived to Santiago many times. That's amazing. But just the thought of just a small seven day Caminos, you know, mm -hmm. even without arriving to Santiago, you know, the Camino can be in France, can be here in Spain, can be Portugal. That's little part of the Caminos just that gets you, you know, that, that shot that gets you going for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you like you were mentioning earlier about when you run up to Alto de, 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 Perdon, de Perdon, yeah, Perdon, you get to see pilgrims every day. And just like you say, even if it's five, seven days or whatever, just to be walking with people and it's just, oh, okay, I've, I've been charged up and, and this will keep me going now for, for quite a while before I'm back again. Sure. And one of the questions that, you know, I always uh, thought myself, if you have can choose someone, you know, that has lived ever in the world, you know, if it's right now, that you can walk with, who could, who could you choose to walk the Camino de Santiago? Anyone, you know, can be a famous person, can be a politician, can be anyone. Who would you, you know, love to have that experience with? I think for me, it would be friends that I have in and around me back home, friends that I'm close to, and, you know, they're going through their, their ups and downs of their lives. And mm -hmm. I, I, I know of the restorative powers of the Camino and I, I want to be able to take them. I, I don't want to take them all together. I'd love to take each one and just say, look, come with me for, for two weeks and just see what it can give you. I, I, I'm always trying to get friends out you know, and I wouldn't be averse to just going back onto the Frances again, just by almost like being their guide and just watching them grow and enjoy it. So if, if I had the chance and um, my friends had the time, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few friends, Ben, Steve, Martin. I'd love to take them individually on the Camino and just watch them thrive and, you know, throw them in the river, give them an Estrella Galicia and just, you know, watch them smile and, and, and love it out there. And that's one of the things that once you walk the Camino many times and you start seeing, you know, the Camino and other people's faces is yeah. even better than when you suffer in yourself. And I don't know if this is... But it is, you know, when you can see someone grow and someone smile and the things that you did grow and smile, and it's just amazing. Definitely, and being able to pay it forward as well. I remember my first, yeah. I mean, I had, I had blisters and I didn't know what to do. And, you know, this girl from America helped me. And then I take pleasure in then being able to help other people. It's just, it's that real sense of community and giving. And, it, yeah, I just, I thrive and, and grow from that. That's amazing. Anyway, thank you so much, you know, for you. sharing this little time with the Camino with us. And I hope we, we see you walking more here and, well, you know, maybe one day walk together also. Yeah, I'd There's love to many more. Pamplona again and say hello, Go, grab you a beer. Of course, Pamplona is always open to anyone, you know, even if you're coming for a walk. Yeah, just remember that this is one of the beautiful cities, you know, even Dan didn't choose it as his answer for the one minute questionnaire but it's okay it's okay we know he's wrong in a couple others so we're not gonna make a big deal about it wow okay <laughs> anyway as we always say buen camino ultrella buen camino ultrella